0: Good
1: afternoon, Illini fans, and it is not the episode that we really wanted to do. Uh, Michigan State picks up their third single-digit result win. They were two and six on the year. They are now three and six after beating Illinois eighty-eight to eighty in the Breslin Center on this uh, Saturday afternoon. And Sonny, what are your initial uh, impressions of the loss? We haven't really had to do many of these kind of kind of post games.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's disappointing. Uh, You know, it's another late game collapse. Same thing that we did against Nebraska. We're up, I think what, four or six when I made a dumb tweet talking about, Hey, let's close this out. Let's not do what we did against Nebraska. And guess what? That's basically, we pooped our pants almost immediately after that. It's weird. I, I don't understand. You know, I'm sure we're about to get into it. And, you know, before we do, Um, There's a link in the description if you guys are interested in jumping on with Austin and I uh, to talk about this game, to vent, because I have a feeling Austin and I are going to be doing a lot of venting here. Um, Feel free to join us. Uh, You can find the link in the description on the YouTube. But, you know, as good of an offensive efficient team that we are, you know, we're top 10, top 15, essentially all year long. We go through these lulls where it's just six seven minutes without a field goal and today you kind of saw the same exact thing and like obviously the fact that we don't have a point guard um didn't end up being too much of a factor this year but in the last two games you kind of see that it is still a factor you know damask with those two turnovers at the end of the game uh you know, it's, it's just rough. I, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Like, I don't feel as bad as I would feel if I was a Badger fan right now, but
1: it's still a disappointing loss. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the sink isn't, this ship isn't sinking. Pardon me. But <laughs> there are some holes starting to develop in this ship uh, from game to game that you notice. Um, I, I've said this ad nauseum and I'll keep on saying this. I was an Eagles fan. They were 10-1. and one. There were still massive issues about the Philadelphia Eagles. And these issues for the Illini are popping up. And they could expose themselves in the worst parts of the year uh, coming up in late February and early March and into the NCAA tournament. I mean, you just look at this number right here. Points off of turnovers. Michigan State, 13. Illinois, 3. Turnovers, Illinois 9, Michigan State six. So two things. Illinois didn't take advantage of the Michigan State turnovers. And number two, they turned the ball over too many times. Marcus Damask had a couple. Quincy Guerrier had a couple. I mean, it's just uh brutal the way that this team kind of handled themselves toward the end of the game. And like you said, against Nebraska. I feel like if they had Andres Felice, even this team would be much, much better. They just don't have that guy that can calm everything down. Um, Trent Frazier did, this, did the same thing whenever he was point guard of the Illini basketball team. So you just got to find that guy um, next year. This year, I mean, Ty Rogers has done a great job defensively, um, but offensively he does lack some areas unless he's driving to the rim. I mean, that's kind of his big thing is just defense and driving and the other Little factors. That's kind of uh, the more difficult part of what Illinois needs at the moment.
2: Ronnie it's chiming in: Illinois, Illini are done. Can't win on the road. Trying for a top five seed in tourney turny, they will not make it to many good games left. Four or five real hard games left. They're done. Um, uh, first off, thanks for watching, Ronnie. Uh, I I'm not sure I disagree or agree with that. Uh, you know, it's kind of disconcerting. I know we have a good team, but, you know, our best win at this point is over FAU, who is a good team, but not necessarily a great team.
1: They just lost to UAB I mean, um, in overtime last night.
2: Right. Time. So we're I mean, we're talking about, you know, we have Purdue left on our schedule. We have a Wisconsin team who seems to be reeling. Uh, they have four losses in a row right now, so they've kind of returned back to normal. I there's not that many good teams left to really test ourselves against. Um, you know, Ronnie's correct. Like we're having struggle, we're struggling on the road, um, but we're just kind of struggling at home too. You know, like it's it's not just a on the road or at home sort of situation. It's uh you know, we're playing well. Our defense is not really playing all that well right now. Our offense is doing fine, except for, you know, I do I don't know why Brad is Benching Ty Rodgers at the end of the game when we have a lead. The guy just plays with so much energy. With, you know, I, I get that Luke Goody is makes the right play most of the time, but he also has some physical and athletic limitations that other teams are exposing on the offensive side. Or uh, when he's playing defense. They went at Michigan State tonight. Every single time at the end of the game, they just went up against whoever. Luke Goody uh was guarding. It's Curtis is chiming in. The point guard conversation is going to start getting louder if this trend continues. And I mean, yeah, it it, it I don't know, Austin, what do you think? Or, or is it time to worry yet? Uh,
1: I mean, you worry about a guy like Luke Goody um coming off the bench where If he's not giving you three-point baskets, all he's really giving you is rebounding. He had five rebounds uh, today, but he had a very sloppy game. Some turnovers, some fouls that um, he probably shouldn't have went for. I mean, it just feels like he's not at his top caliber right now, and that's hurting Illinois tremendously. He had a minus five, uh, if you believe in the plus and minus stats. That wasn't the worst. Um, on the team, but I can't really blame Terrence Shannon when he was minus 13 because the rest of the pieces weren't really doing what they need to do to make Terrence Shannon successful as well. So I do do not like the way that Illinois basketball kind of handles Terrence Shannon Jr. at times because there are moments where he starts taking over the game, and then all of a sudden the guys play keep away from Terrence Shannon Jr., You saw that with Marcus Domask. You saw that with Luke Goody. You saw that with uh, uh, Coleman Hawkins at times. And I think Terrence Shannon is a guy that needs to have the ball in his hands at least once a possession. It doesn't mean he has to shoot the ball. I'm not asking him to be a ball hog. But what I am asking is just get the ball in his hands, at least make the defense think about him every single possession. When you don't, you were giving Michigan State favors. You were giving the opposition favors. And there were times, like right after that uh, drive to the lane, that mid-range uh, jumper and that three-pointer, Terrence Shannon Jr. didn't get a shot and felt like three minutes. Those kind of things have to change, especially for a team that relies on its star power of Terrence Shannon Jr. so much even with even after the suspension. And he's so close to being back.
2: You know, like his uh, athleticism, him, you know, uh, getting fouls, going to the rim. Those, like he, that's back. Now You're twelve for just,
1: 13 from the free throw line. I mean, right. that is more than what you want to ask for Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, that it, was incredible. Just the three-pointers. <laughs> what? He, he,
2: it's just the three-pointers. He was a uh, yes. couple open, he had a couple open shots that just rattled in and out, which unfortunately um, just, That's all all he's missing right now. You know, we were up, I think, six when he missed a wide open one. And if we were able to stretch the lead to nine at that point, you know, you're talking about really sucking the momentum uh, out of the the crowd at that point. Uh, We're going to hold on. Uh, Justin Adams, a famed Nebraska fan, is chiming in with the Devils. Uh, Once again, Sonny, pull up my comment. You, coward, a big, big fan, Justin. Justin, it's not football season. Uh, you can, you know, we're talking bas- growing up basketball now. So, uh, by the way, me and Justin are friends. So, I take no
1: offense to this. But, uh, Russ Johnson. We need uh, a Tominaga near the end, Justin. Right,
2: Russ Johnson, uh, Purdue fan. I understood the argument at least defensively when you first returned. But, are there any Alina fan- fans? that think they might actually be better, more rounded team without him. Uh, Not even close. I mean, like, I don't know, maybe, Austin, you might disagree, but if this team is going to make a run to the Final Four, I think you kind of saw it for the first – first off, Russ, thanks for uh, chiming in. You saw it for the first, what, 33 minutes of the game. This team runs its best offense when they're going through their motions and Shannon gets his wide open threes, and he's a terror in transition. We don't really, and Brad Underwood has said this: we don't really run plays for Tan Shannon. Tan Shannon is just a really good scorer who can take the ball off the dribble, who can basically find spot when the defense is kind of laxing, um, uh, is kind of looking around, and immediately attack the, rim, attack the rim. That's an that's what he brings. You know, that kind of elevates the Illinois game. Uh, today's game is on again in my opinion Brad at the end of the game just not making substitutions uh, the substitutions he did make I was like I was happy what he was doing at the beginning of the uh, second half with the switches Uh Coleman Hawkins was basically dominating ev- every little little guy that they try to put him, put him up against that was an adjustment I'm like good for you Underwood yeah but then the you know again the end of the game it's just we weren't running anything. We didn't have a guy to kind of take control as you were talking about, just settle things down. And uh, I don't know.
1: I mean, I, I just don't understand why there were plays drawn up in that coffin corner area near that half court line where the out of bounds uh, on the sideline is pretty much a defender as well. So you're limiting your movement options there, number one, and you're having a guy try to bring you closer uh try to get guys closer to the ball handler right there. I mean, I just don't get what the rotation is on that particular set um, at all. So that's that's kind of alarming how it happened two times in a row, that same exact turnover, two different players, Quincy Guerrier and then Marcus DeMask, um as well. So I, I just don't understand what that is and why maybe you need to have Terrence Shannon bring the ball up Uh, In those late game situations, uh, just so he can possibly use his acceleration if there's a great mismatch right away in the half court where he can zoom by and get a a quick layup going. I mean, there are all sorts of options, but whenever you're just limiting yourself to dribbling by the sideline, uh, I I just don't understand where, where, where he's going with that.
2: Grenville chimes in. Damask is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Had a great block today, too. Yeah, he did at 72-all. Um, he might not turn it over too often, but when he does, it always seems to be an extremely inopportune uh, time and costly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm never going to complain about Damask. He's been our MVP all season long. We would not be sitting here in second place uh, in the Big Ten without him um, kind of jumping a level once, you know, the issues with Shannon came down, but again, it's just one of those situations where, I mean, you look at how many turnovers did he have today? I don't, I can't imagine it was that many.
1: Oh, well, let it, me was, check.
2: it was just yeah. two. And again, you're talking about two's not a lot for a guy who handles the ball most of the game, but they're just, you know, exaggerated because it was at the end of the game and we all saw it. Uh, It's, I don't know. He had a quiet game. I'm taking a look at the box score now. Four for eight, 12 points, uh, four rebounds, two assists. You know, just a quiet Domasque game, but, you know, he's still putting up numbers. And he did show up on the three-point line today, Uh, three for five. I think that's probably his best three-point shooting game of the season, at least that I remember.
1: I mean, I did talk about the uh, points off turnovers being 13 to three. Mm -hmm. I think this might truly be the stat that defines this game right here. 23 fast break points for Michigan State versus only nine for Illinois. So I think that also had a major factor in how Illinois lost this game. And then you look at points in the paint defensively. Illinois just wasn't there. 38 points for Michigan State in the paint versus uh, 22 for Illinois. I know Illinois had the three-point shot going um, more today than than in other games. They were 11 for 30, uh, but still, defensively, you cannot let Malik Hall get in wherever he wants. You cannot let Hogard get wherever he wants down low. I mean, Hogard himself shot 13 free throws. That, those kind of things cannot happen in big 10 games and where Illinois wants to go in the NCAA tournament. Defensively, the pressure has to be there. Defensively, you got to make guys go to their fourth options. And that just did not happen uh, for Illinois today. And uh, am I worried a touch? Am I freaking out? No, because this team is still really, really talented. Um, I, I think it's just putting it together again which is kind of a weird phrase to say on February 10th. Um, But it it is kind of reminiscing of last year's team a little bit where it's just like, are are the pieces, uh, the pieces are great, but what is the final puzzle look like? Justin chiming
2: in again, uh, it did take Michigan State shooting the lights off from everywhere and beating their season percentages across the board. And that's true. I mean, it's one of those... (sighs) I'm, I'm I'm trying to be careful on how I phrase this. I'm not really upset about the loss today. I'm more upset about the implications down the road. You know, I've been pretty clear that I think that, you know, we're not going to win the Big Ten this year. I think, you know, we were already a game and a half behind Purdue but we're coming into today, and, you know, we have uh, another game against them later on in the season. For me, it's just more about seeding. Um, getting a good win against a good opponent, you know, we weren't able to do that. But this, you know, again, it's it's hard to beat Illinois because you essentially have to play a perfect offensive game. Today, Michigan State was doing that, but we were still up by six or seven points with like four or five minutes left in the game. Like that showed me that you know we're a very high quality team, but. Again, you know what bothers me is for the second straight game, these weird lulls where, with all due respect to Michigan State, I think we were the better team today, but we just fumbled the end of the game again. Right. And that's where I'm just kind of getting alarmed because we don't have that many tough games left. And so once March comes, you know, like that Big Ten, I'm actually going to be very interested in watching the Big Ten tournament this year. You know, because we're going to hopefully, you know, we have a decent enough performance where we get to play one of these good teams again, because I want to see us play against quality competition, because that's what, like, I want to get that W under our belt, build a little bit of that confidence for March.
1: Because we I know we have Wisconsin at the end of the schedule and. I I would be a little bit more excited about that Wisconsin game, but they are on a four-game losing streak. I think their peak is behind them. You look at the schedule, there is not a lot of tough competition left. There's Maryland, who has always had Illinois' number. That's one game where potentially could lead to some problems on the road. You have Purdue um, at home, um, and that's really the tough part of the schedule. I know Minnesota is playing better. Um, Penn State and Iowa are mid and Michigan is not a good team at all. So it's gonna have to take um, the Big Ten tournament to get these guys in that mindset of you guys better put it all together or else it's gonna it's gonna leave some problems.
2: Russ, thank you again for chiming in. The teams you're losing to on the road are tourney teams. No shame in that. Illinois are still the second best team in the conference, with Wisconsin dropping like a rock. Yeah, I mean, I watched some of that Wisconsin game uh, earlier today while I was uh, I was kind of double screening. I was watching Newcastle as well. Wisconsin's in trouble. Like Wisconsin's kind of turning out the team into the team that I, well, a lot of us uh, non-Badgers fans were kind of saying that they were, um, you know, a good team, but they weren't necessarily on the level of a Purdue or even Illinois, at least in my opinion. And, uh, you know, they lost a close game to uh, – don't, I don't think it was that close. To They lost to Nebraska, they lost to Purdue, and now they're just kind of, you know, free-falling, and they've got some stuff to figure out uh, themselves. I don't think Illinois is at that stage. Uh, I think Illinois is, you know, comfortably uh, in the tournament, they just have to figure out where they're going to make the adjustments come turny time. Illinois I feel very confident is a three or four seed quality wise. Wisconsin. I'm not sure. I think they were playing beyond their talent level for the first couple months of the season. And now we're kind of, they're kind of coming back to earth and we're kind of figuring out like at what level, um, they truly are. Um, Curtis, uh, chimes in, uh, Felt like Ty Rogers should have been playing more with Goody and Quincy struggling. Completely agree with that. That
1: uh, Yeah, we need to talk about Quincy. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on with him. Um, it's got to be more than an injury at this point because he's mentally just not there right now. Um, there were some ill-conceived shots uh, that were taking place by Quincy. The fouls were, were bad. His defense wasn't there either i mean right now he is borderline unplayable at this point he had three points on the game five rebounds four personal fouls a turnover there Uh, i mean in in only 14 minutes of play so there's got to be some serious uh come to jesus moments with uh with quincy and brad underwood right now because it's not working um i don't know I think the timing would work out if you would say whenever Terrence Shannon came back, that's when Quincy's struggles kind of began. And I would buy it that he doesn't really know his place on the court right now, but you're, you're a leader. You're an old man in the college basketball world. Um, You should be able to figure out your role right now, regardless of the situation you're in. You've played on with different coaches. You played with different rotations of guys in your time at Oregon and Syracuse and right now you got to figure it out you're, you're too old to be this discombobulated right now yeah I'm not, i mean he had some good
2: defensive plays at, particularly in the first half i remember but on the offensive end he's you know as you said basically almost completely non-existent you know the first half of the season he was shooting those side three-pointers without any hesitation and they'd hit nothing but net and that just kind of wait what made our offense so explosive now he's not only hesitating on taking those three-pointers but he's just not taking them and then he's doing kind of a fake drive where he's pretty much immediately looking to pass to somebody else and you know it's it's his experience it's his veteran experience that we need in come march you know, it we he's a guy that we're gonna be trusting once uh March comes around. So I don't know if it's you know the injury or not. It's if it's lingering. Obviously Illinois is not talking about it. But- I mean I
1: feel like if there was an injury now with the new uh injury reports, he would have to be listed on there if there was any sort of question that he might be out of a game. So I, I think that's kinda of out out of it right now. I think it's just bad play at the moment
2: brad chimes in again gotta start playing time more down the stretch uh yeah i mean i love brad but i don't know why he doesn't put ty rogers in at the end of these games right now he is i mean i wouldn't even say he's below average on offense anymore i think he's he's graduated to the level where he's at least an average basketball player on offense which Considering on defense, he's such an A, if not an A plus. Like that makes him a guy that you want on the court. Uh, You know, it's his energy. You know, he had 14 rebounds last game. How how did he do today? Uh, You know, four for six from the field. Only two rebounds today, but you know, it's energy. He's physical. He, you can tell the opposing teams hate uh, playing against him. So it's I don't know. I'm not sure. Like. Again, I I know what Goody does, and Goody's very good at what he does, but we don't need, we didn't need on the court what Goody is good at at the end of the game, whereas we did need what Ty Rogers brings to the team.
1: I mean, I had to remind myself that Ty Rogers only had two personal fouls near the end of the game because I I just thought, oh, this is a, a four foul situation. Um, That's why they're kind of limiting his defense right now, maybe to save him for overtime or whatever the situation Brad Underwood thought. But then I looked, I was like, oh, he only has two fouls. And then you look at the minutes where Luke Goody played 23 minutes and Ty Rogers uh, played 21. Yes, that's close, but it shouldn't really be that close. I think Ty Rogers is a more talented player than Luke Goody. And then Quincy Gary or the way he's playing, he's got to be playing way more than – than Quincy is, but he only had 14, so I'm glad to see that. Uh, but, yeah, you need Ty Rogers out on the court near the end of the games so, uh, just to drive the lane a little bit, create some space for your shooters that you have on the court, like Coleman Hawkins, like Marcus Damask, and like Terrence, Ro- Terrence Shannon Jr. So um, I, I don't really think that uh, Brown Underwood is using him to the best of uh, his abilities right now.
2: Jackson says, uh, Wisconsin may just be a five or a six seed. Um, that very well could be it, but that's kind of what I would have guessed that they were in the preseason, too. So that's what I mean when I say that I think they were kind of playing beyond their talent level uh, uh, at the beginning of the year. And let's be honest, they had a pretty easy schedule, too. They really didn't play many tough times. They had a decent uh, non-conference, but when it came to the Big Ten, they took advantage of a schedule that wasn't particularly very hard. No different than Illinois. Don't get me wrong. Um, You know Illinois uh, is not much. But I just I think the talent level on our team is a little higher uh, than theirs. And if they end up being you know a five seed, I can absolutely see a scenario where they're one of the you know famed five twelve upsets that happen
1: seemingly uh, every March. I mean, you look at um, this game, and I think there is a guy that was extremely missed in this game. And it's very underrated. And that is Amani Hansberry was unavailable to play in this game. And the minute that you had to go to Dane Danger uh, for se- for those seven minutes in that game, the tide kind of turned in the first half. And uh, if you had another athletic uh, power forward-esque player in there um, to deal with the likes of a hall, I think that would have done really well you had had five more fouls in that kind of position because you can't have Dane danger out on the court with Michigan State um he was a black hole offensively where he would just take 10 seconds off the shot clock himself uh and defensively those athletic Michigan State Spartan forwards were having their way with Dane at the moment at, at that moment so I think Imani Hansberry I, I didn't re- realize whenever i i began this my morning whenever i woke up that he might be the reason illinois might lose this game because of his unavailability but i think that kind of happened in that first half
2: dane's having one of the weirdest seasons i ever remember an illinois player having he played like 20 25 minutes a game last year you know was a prominent member of the team you kind of thought he'd be one of our main focal points on offense this year you know i still think he well, besides Damask, you know, talent-wise on offense, he's still probably our second-best offensive player. He comes into the game, and he looks okay, but then you check the box score at the end. The rest of the team is, like, plus 4, plus 8, plus 11, and you check Damask, or or, sorry, Danger. He was on the court for six minutes, and he was, like, minus 11. (laughs) There's just something that happens that every time he steps foot uh, on the court, our team just dives. i don't know if it's because him and coleman are such different players that we play a certain style of offense and defense with coleman on the court that when danger replaces him because i don't think danger like danger's a bad defender he's not god awful and for me it's these numbers just don't make don't make sense but you know and but i can't be mad at him because he's you know taken he's gone from 25 minutes a game to playing five to some games playing two minutes but you don't hear him complaining you know he's still smiling on the bench he's still like he's being a good teammate so it's like not uh it's it's one thing if he's sulking and you're just like man up man come on you know start producing but no like he's he's being a good teammate i don't know I'm still waiting for that Dane game. I just don't know if it's going to happen if stylistically this team is built for him, but it's funny. I think he would be starting on at least half the teams in the big 10.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look, you look at the next few matchups, maybe against uh, Penn state, maybe against Michigan. That's, that can be a Dane game. But other than that, I feel like he's going to be pretty uh, useless um, with how these other big 10 teams like to play. I mean, Maybe you get five fouls out of him against Purdue with Zach Eady. Um, but there's really just not a lot of opportunities for Dane to really uh, showcase his skills right now. And it, it, it's sad to see, uh, but I definitely understand why Brad Underwood is very hesitant to use him. I mean, you saw it in today's game where uh, defensively, he just brought zero uh, to, to the mix uh, today. So I think that's kind of, the situation here and defensively just you needed more from your uh power forwards and, and your forwards um i think that was the crucial mismatch of today's game was the likes of hogard and malik hall really doing whatever they wanted uh down low and and illinois not really having having an opportunity to do much about it
2: justin saying he likes the stream thank you Justin. thank you we're we're trying to do this a little bit more often, at least post game. Uh, this is kind of my flu game. I've been kind of ill all day, and my plan—I joked around about it earlier—was that we were planning on a live stream after the game, but we weren't sure. I don't know if what kind of mood I would have been in. Uh, you know, if we lost, then I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I'd be sulking. I wouldn't want to come on. But you know, here we are, manning manning up. But, uh, again, you know, feel free. Uh, we have a decent amount of people watching, which, you know, thank you for doing so. If you want to join the conversation, we've been having, uh, you know, comments uh, all sh- stream long. Uh, there's a link in the description if you want to get on video. You don't have to get on video. Uh, you don't have to show your face. But, you know, Austin and I are, you know, getting to know the community, just want to talk Illini basketball. Austin, let me ask or, you.
1: Or just have a beer with Sonny and I.
2: Yes. <laughs> Coffee for me because I'm trying to stay awake.
1: But uh, <laughs> what are you? What are we drinking? I'm curious now. Uh, ying, yingling flight um, okay. get, can't okay. get in Illinois too much too easily, but go across the border into Cape Girardo, Missouri for me, and I, I grab it. Very nice. So, Austin, are you worried or not? Uh, I tell myself that I'm not worried, but then every time I discuss this team, I give myself more worries than I had than I initially thought. I I think it's one of those situations where you're happy with the results when they win and you kind of blind yourselves to the issues on hand. Um, But then the losses, you're just like, I knew about these, but I didn't really confront those too terribly much because I was pretty happy with the results. And I think this is a, a situation where, Illinois needs to look themselves in the eyes, I mean, and say, Hey, are we going to be a better defensive team? Are we going to turn the ball over? Um, Brad Underwood and his staff need to look at themselves and say, Hey, what rotations are we going to have near the end of the game? And I I think that kind of mix of conversations has been happening because obviously they will, because they're paid a lot of money, both players and coaches at this point uh, to figure these situations out. So if I were to rank my worry out of a 10, like one being, no, not worried at all. Final four, let's go to 10. Oh my God, we might lose to Yale in the first round. I am um, I think I might be at like a 3.75 um, where I think there is a second weekend for this Illinois basketball program. But it's just not clicking the way you want it to. Like you watch UConn play. They've won 11 straight games. They are a powerhouse. They never let a team back into the game. Like, I've never watched SportsCenter at the end of the night and being like, oh, my God, UConn had like a three-point game. It's like, no, UConn smashes their opponents. They end up winning by 8-10 to and more every Big East game. And I look at Illinois. I'm like, where's the blowouts happening? Where is the we're going to step on your throat and you won't be able to get up at all. And we're going to waltz to a victory and just crown us a top 10 team right now. That has not happened. I know Michigan state is a borderline tournament team and Illinois might've given them their golden ticket uh, for the NCAA tournament. Cause if they lost, there would be no quad one opportunities left for Michigan state. So I, I am disappointed that we didn't, uh, uh, be the Grim Reaper for Tom Izzo today. Um, But again, overall, I I am a little worried in in terms of the performance level, game to game, but I still think there's a great opportunity for this uh, Illinois basketball program. It's just got to being able to put it all together.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, uh, we do have, okay, we have one of our commenters, Justin. Justin, thanks for joining the show
0: what's up fellas how we doing how's my volume how's it going
2: you're good you're good you're good
0: what's up man um <sighs> just Justin, so did far. you
2: did, did you watch the game or are you just going to chime in on uh what you mm-hmm. our show so far
0: no i watched i watched the uh second half i kind of checked in over the first half but i was busy mm-hmm. but um this was i mean this was just a prime example of the wheels falling off at the worst time that that cluster at the end and that that was like the death and all. other than that like kind of like you said I think y'all are more apt to hit your shots late in the game just because you're more of an experienced team in terms of just being competitive especially this year but the road is so tough man and and Michigan State the the foul call the phantom foul call whatever and there there it went both ways um but that right there I thought maybe was going to throw Michigan State off because I thought you know they were of course upset about it and all that other stuff but for some reason it lit a fire under them and y'all's offense like y'all said they just couldn't have any there was nobody who can come out and, and close the game and hit shots and it just seems like everything was out of sorts and then once that happens and they were they were getting on runs and fouls were called everything just continues to kind of snowball from there and it was just it was too late in the game to recover so it's that's the Big Ten on the road, man. It's it's been so tough all season, but
2: that, exactly. I mean, that's you know I, I kind of repeat I've repeated this a couple times on the show so far. Like I'm not upset at this particular loss. Yeah, Michigan State. I think uh, you know they're ranked number 24 uh, in the I don't know Ken or one of those rankings. They're a good team. Uh, we're playing them at in their arena, and for the better part of that game, you know we were we were playing well. Yeah, uh, it's just the last five, six minutes, you know, which again, Justin, you being a Nebraska fan, you kind of saw the same thing happen uh, when mm-hmm. we played you guys the game before. Yep. You know, we were up, uh, what, seven points or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 10 points, I think, with like three yeah, yeah. or four minutes left.
0: Y'all got up and I thought I thought the game was over at that point. It took us kind of like a miracle run at the end to uh, to sneak back and tie that.
2: Yeah. So it's so now it's now it's an issue, you know, once an accident can happen. But yeah. At, once it happens twice in a row, now it's something that's going to be not only in the back of our minds uh, when mm-hmm. we're watching a game, but this has got to be something that, you know, the players on the court are going to be thinking about next time. Yeah. You know, I'm not, uh, Austin, you, do you you said you have our schedule up. I forget who we play next. Yes, uh,
1: we play Michigan on February 13th, who Nebraska plays tonight at 530.
2: Okay, Michigan. Okay, so hopefully, I mean, we better not lose to Michigan. Like, If there's one thing I'm Literally. proud of is our streak over Jawan Howard. So if if we somehow lose to Michigan, I'm officially worried. Well, that game's at home too, isn't it? Because we played yes. in
0: uh, yeah. So I saw somebody say uh, Jawan Howard's the uh, Scott Frost of basketball.
2: I think I saw that. Jackson, uh, also a good friend of the show, uh, chiming in with that gem uh, earlier uh, today. Yeah. Yeah, I think Brad Underwood uh, is something like seven and zero
1: or eight and zero against Juwan uh, in his career. But uh, I mean, there have only been two to three games since the Northwestern game that opened up the long stretch of Big Ten play for Illinois, where they really just stuck it to their opponent. There was Northwestern ninety six to sixty six. There was Rutgers eighty six to sixty three. Michigan 88-73. and Ohio State eighty seven seventy five. The rest have just been brutally close uh, stretches for the Illini, where they just went on extreme offensive droughts, and it, that's the worrisome part of me. It's just the process of these long droughts, and there hasn't been a um, a huge infrastructure change by Brown Underwood to change things offensively. One so question: I you-
0: Can I? You might have asked a question. So. Go ahead. I, and I did see somewhere that the defensive rating for this game for y'all was 130, but do you think the defensive rating, okay, do you think that has more to do, since I didn't watch the whole game, do you think that has more to do with the fact that you know, y'all had a lot of turnovers in comparison to Michigan State, or more turnovers, and they were kind of getting on runouts and fast breaks and stuff like that, especially towards the end, do you think that kind of inflated the total a little bit, and maybe y'all's defense isn't as I guess spotty as it may seem, or do y'all think there's a, a serious issue with the defense? Again, you know, 130 on the road, yeah, that's it's not gonna get it done. But what what do you what do you think that's more more so of?
1: That's a good question. Um I think half court defensive wise, the longer the shot clock goes on, the more struggles that Illinois has. Um, because it definitely feels like early on in the shot clock if a team gets up a quick shot, the athleticism of like a Coleman Hawkins or a Terrence Shannon Jr. is going to impact the shot a little bit more. Yeah, I feel it, I feel like if the longer it goes on, the more time that there's going to be defensive mismatches uh, that take place and they just can't uh, figure those kind of things out and then you get some great uh, layup or in a wide open three pointer. So I think that's kind of the issue there. Yeah,
0: that makes sense.
1: And I wonder what that rating was with five minutes left in the
0: game. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because I just saw the tweet a little bit ago, and and that was my thing because I feel like that might have been just inflated there at the end on that on that run.
2: Yeah, at, at the end, like it's just we did not make a single stop.
0: They were hitting again. all the free throws.
2: They're hitting their free throws, and basically, whoever Goody was guarding, they just yeah. attacked him. And you know, it's just you know, disappointing loss. It's not. A tragic loss. I'm not, you know, wondering where the season's going to go or anything. I guess, you know, um, the question I gave to you, Austin, right before Justin hopped on about how worried I am. I'm not, I'm not any more or less worried than I was coming into the season. You know, like this, our team, where our edge is, is our, like, where we're nervous is what happens when March comes around. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, where we're at right now. I still think we are the second best team in the conference, and you know that's something I've been kind of saying all season long. Michigan, a, a loss to Michigan State at Michigan State is not a bad loss. You know they're preseason right. number two. Yeah, they've struggled uh, coming out of the gate, but you know they're twelve and two. I think at home now they're thirteen and two at home. They played yeah. well. They've been playing well overall lately. Um, you know, it's it's they're a good team. Let's yeah. let's just uh, put it there. For me, it's a simple matter of, and I think the Java men talked about it, uh, you know, I don't know if it was a tweet or something, a little while back. The regular season now is for me to see if Brad makes the adjustments that are being needed right. mid game. And at least the last two games, he really hasn't, and some have kind of baffled me. And if that's going to happen, well, guess what? You know, now, you know, around a 32 game you know if it's a close game at the end that nervous factor for me is going to be uh yeah raised a bit
0: yep that's that's the and and I think another factor is the the reason it hurts is because the fact is you know when you're battling for first place you have to hear it from other uh other fan bases too and that always adds a little extra emphasis on the sting there especially on a on a big 10 basketball day like today where everybody's yeah, just kind of watching Big Ten basketball all day, yeah.
2: I don't know who watches more Illinois games, uh, Illinois fans or
0: Purdue fans. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because, because they you know, are- also I don't know who watches more
1: Purdue games. Purdue who fans? <laughs> 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 yeah, these, these fan bases just go
2: at it. Like for me, my, you know, the way Twitter works now, it's like I'm not even following these Purdue accounts, but mm-hmm. once the algorithm hits, like you know, yeah all these Purdue Boilermakers, you know, fan, fan accounts are popping up in my timeline. It's like, I don't want to see this right now. You know, it's, uh, so yeah, you're right. You know, and Illinois, let's be honest, you know, Austin and I have talked about this all the time. You know, we're an easily triggerable, uh, fan base. And so people know that if you want to build your impressions, get a lot of clicks, make a comment about Illinois and, uh, you know, we'll jump in your mentions, uh, and respond. And, you know,
0: yeah. I'm that guy that will go search the team's on uh, team's name on Twitter and just reply to random <laughs> people. <talking> to that. <laughs> that might be where that starts, but all right, well, I'll let y'all get back on with the rest of your show. Appreciate y'all Let me hop on and, uh, everybody, uh, leave a like on the stream. So
1: appreciate you, Justin. Morning, of disgusting. course.
0: Appreciate y'all, man. Have a good one.
1: Just a reminder: Illinois lost eighty-eight to eighty. If you're just joining us, to Michigan State from the Breslin Center in East Lansing, Michigan, and uh, we're just trying to figure out where to go from here um, in terms of the Illinois basketball season. Not like that. There's anything wrong. Just uh, what what are those minor fixes that need to take place for? Illinois to get to where Sonny and I and the rest of the Illinois fans expect them to be. And that's the second weekend or beyond uh, for this Illinois basketball program. Um, but Sonny, I will ask you this one. What, what is one player um, that you want to see more out of that can really change things uh, for the better for Illinois basketball?
2: I mean, I think we already discussed this. Like
1: it's, if, Quincy is playing like
2: Quincy was at the beginning of the year. This is absolutely a Final Four team. This, that team would battle. That team would beat Purdue three or four times out of ten. You know, like they'd put up and make Purdue sweat. Um, it's, it's, it's hard for me to really count on the other guys. You know, I feel like everyone's playing to what their levels are. You know, I feel I'm very happy with the way Ty's been playing. Um, Damascus obviously been our best player. Shannon seems to be getting better every single game. Uh, all he's missing now at this point is you know just drilling those wide open three pointers. Harmon struggled again a little bit today. I don't. He has his on and off games, um,
1: and particularly on the defense. Yeah, Justin Harmon, seven points in twenty five minutes, uh, three for five field goals, three assists, three rebounds, and two fouls and two turnovers.
2: Do you uh, have his so plus-minus on you or no?
1: Uh, Yes, he was a firm zero. Okay, yeah. So nothing you can't really uh, glean from his plus-minus. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where you want to see, uh, again, Ty Rogers play a little bit more. Like, why was Justin Harmon playing 25 minutes compared to uh, Ty Rogers 21 when defense was the name of the game, especially to a team that doesn't allow 88 points too terribly often? Uh, So I I think that was a a misstep by Brown Underwood in his rotation building uh, for today. And when the bullets started flying with the fouls, um, I think you needed Ty Rogers' defense in there a lot more than Justin Harmon's uh, offense. Yep.
2: Brad mentioning, our defense is bad. Um, Yeah, it's I've mentioned it before. Basically, since the calendar turned into January, um, we're not playing as well defensively as uh, we were before. I was hoping the return of Shannon would kind of elevate that. That's kind of what I used uh, as an excuse for a while. But, you know, a team with Coleman Hawkins, Ty Rogers, and Terrence Shannon being three of your five players on the court, you should have a very good defensive team.
1: I mean, all three of them have looked like a defensive player of the year at one point this season. Earlier on, like near the Missouri era of Illinois basketball season, it was Terrence Shannon where you were like, man, this guy, wow. Uh, Ty Rogers has his moments. And then um, Coleman Hawkins near the end looked extremely like a Big Ten defensive player of the year at one point. So... When those three guys are clicking, this defense should be just locked in, spot on. Uh, nothing is going to get the nothing is gonna get through those guys. And so far that hasn't happened.
2: Yeah. Um, again the frustrating part is that we know Underwood's gonna go into this press conference and people are gonna ask him why wasn't Ty in the game. And he's not really gonna give us an answer. You know, I I'm not sure what his reasoning is. Uh, let's see, uh, Brad once again chiming in. Uh, Coleman said he got a T for saying "boom" towards a fan. Yeah, what a weak technical that was.
1: Yeah, I the technical situation like. I hate when a ref automatically technical give us a technical for a guy looking at the bench, like what happened with the Michigan state player. Um, But at the same time, I hated the one that Coleman Hawkins got too, because I mean, you're saying boom to a fan who is uh, saying all sorts of junk throughout the entire game. He can't say one single word after a great shot that he made. I mean, that was an awfully quick technical foul. If you want to, Uh, Talk to him during the timeout and say, hey, Coleman, we don't really talk to the fans um, at all. So just stay within the confines of the court. Celebrate with your team after a great three-pointer. That's great. Uh, But don't give the automatic technical there. I mean, that's ref 101. Explain and don't make yourself into the story. Don't make yourself into the game. And I felt the refs were very, very weird today. Um, where they were overly physical at one point, but yet that one um, call against uh, the Michigan State player on Coleman Hawkins, where he literally just did a graze, and then it was like, foul, right. like, I thought that was so strange. Like, as a referee, yeah. I thought this was uh, one of the worst ref games I've seen in the Big Ten, and that's saying something, um, <laughs> that with how fun. bad it's been this year, um, right. strictly because of the flow of the game. Like, there was zero flow in that first half. At all, yeah. I it's let the kids have fun, you
2: know. Like this is college, you know. They have, of course, let them have fun. It's uh, and again, I'm not just complaining about the Coleman ones. Uh, it was what Akins, I think, who was the guy who yeah. had the um three pointer. It's yeah, turns around, looks at the bench, or looks at the crowd. That's fine, you know. If someone goes out into the crowd and slaps someone, I get it. But if you don't like it, like you said, Austin, give them a warning. You know like hey coleman cut that out you know at least coleman has been warned and then if he decides to act upon that afterwards that's on him
1: absolutely i mean you see it in the nba all the time where uh an nba player is mic'd up and it says you hear the ref say hey kevin durant uh um you're using the arm a little too much in the paint uh uh don't do that again and then next time down the court arm then foul okay but especially a technical in that situation early on in the game it's not like it was five minutes left in the second half where emotions are at like such a huge level where something bad could just legitimately happen um there it was early on in the game a three-point shot made turn around to a fan say something i mean come on what are we doing here if um fans and athletes can't really interact in that sort of uh sophomoric way i mean come on it's fun it's the competition it's entertainment uh i don't think that should have been a technical foul did it cost illinois the game obviously not There was way too many issues for illinois uh, other than officiating but still come on come on refs
2: yeah curtis not not an excuse but michigan state was plus 14 on free throws with eight more made I texted some buddies at the 15-minute mark in the second half and said, "What the refs are not said, the refs are not going to let the Illini win." Yeah, it's it's funny, and I you know I I say this jokingly, but I'm not really joking. Like, there's no game in the Big Ten you can watch where you're not seeing people chime in on the refs, particularly this year. I think it all started with um, you know uh, Edie. You know, like basically, whether it's Illinois fans or a lot of fans of other teams uh, insisting that Edie has a special way that he's called compared to everyone else. And so refereeing in general in the conference has kind of been magnified, but now everyone's just watching their own games. And again, we can be watching the same exact game, you know, whether it's right now in our timeline, there's a lot of Michigan State fans saying, I can't believe Illinois got all the calls. There's, yeah. there's plenty on the Illinois side saying, oh, the ref missed this call. They missed this goaltend, you know, this and that. And it, it just happens for every single game in the same game by both teams. So it's just, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know what, you know, we can do moving forward. But, um, yeah, uh, granted, there were some purposeful fouls at the end. My timeline is also full of Purdue and Nebraska fans. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, I don't know since Elon's took took over uh he's got you know, it's not really a, a follow your timeline's not just people that you follow. It's you know, it's uh people who are you're going to get get a get you riled up, I think. And you know, that's going to keep you on the website. So that's uh I definitely agree. Austin,
1: uh who's your player of the game? Uh, Player of the game, I've got to give it to Malik Hall of uh, Michigan State. Um, He was absolutely phenomenal today. Uh, He had 22 points. uh, He had five rebounds um, as well. And he was seven for nine from the field goal range and seven for nine from free throws. So I've got to give it to Malik Hall with a close uh, second to A.J. Hogard.
2: Yeah, I think Hall's eat the Easy answer there, in particular at the end. Um, you know when Michigan State was coming back and then basically took the lead. Uh, he was he had a couple and ones. Uh, he was making his free throws, and so I think he was the best player on the court today. But you know, special mention to Terrence Shannon. You know, like he uh, he didn't have a great shooting night seven for nineteen, but like you said, twelve for thirteen on free throws. He got a lot of, you know, no means no, uh, from the student, uh, student sections, which, you know, it's going to happen for the rest of the season, you know, whether we like it or not. And he didn't really let that bother him. You know, 12 for 13 kind of shuts them up. Uh, he had uh, that one play, I think it was in the first half where he had to launch a three pointer with the shot clock about to expire. I think it was like four or five feet behind uh, the three point line and it went in. So, you know, there's not much more he could have done. And, uh, at least from the Illini side, I think he's a clear-cut uh, player of the game.
1: Sonny, it's been an uh, intriguing episode of the Illini cast. Not really the best, I would say, since Illinois uh, lost, but it was still a great conversation about this Illini team, where they're moving forward, um, and what changes need to be made. So thank you for joining uh, the Illini cast, all of you that have listened and watched live. And, uh, this will be up on YouTube and then we'll tweet out the link if you missed any of the show, um, in the live portion. So Sonny, thank you, uh, for joining me. This has been an episode of the Illini cast.